Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Let's get real here for a second. If you want something bad enough, you'll do whatever it takes to go get that. You'll find a way you'll make it happen. Okay. Now, everybody has a different sense of, of means, both financial means. You know, some people have to take public transportation depending on where you're at. Some people don't have access to a car. There's, there's, there's a lot of different, different ways to go about this. But at the end of the day, how bad do you want it, whatever that it is to you? So when I think about connecting with people, like I went across the country to go have one meeting that I knew would be so important to get face-to-face in in a room. And why I did that, and why I was willing to, to spend that money to get on a flight, get a hotel room, was because I valued my ability to meet with someone in person because seeing the whole package always outweighs the fake emotion on an email, right? Because when you meet someone in person, when you really get to see them in person, you get the whole package. You get the whole enchilada. How you day, how you day, happy Friday. Those were powerful words from today's guest, Jay Kelfer. And we're talking about how to elevate your network. If you've ever wondered how to meet the people you want to meet to, understand how you can get mentored from afar, or how to network, period, today's episode is for you. Jake and I actually met because of his networking. He reached out to me because he heard me speak. And then we've built and developed a friendship ever since then. It's almost two years ago. And just over the last two years, I've seen his career as it's blossomed. He's written a couple of books. And he's gone on to build several platforms as well as build a button speaking career. And it was so interesting to me when he reached out because this was someone that I've seen do the amazing work to build a phenomenal network. And just hearing him say how he codified his experience with networking... And put that in the book was so, you know, it was so inspirational to me. And so um, I, of course, said yes. And today's episode is the result of that. Hope you enjoy it and have a great weekend. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's guest is Jake Kelfer. Now, Jake is the best selling author of Elevate Beyond and a lifestyle entrepreneur. He's the founder of the Professional Basketball Combine. He's our fellow basketball lover here which features NBA draft prospects in a secondary draft combine. As a high-energy inspirational speaker, he's on a mission to elevate and motivate millions of people to achieve their definitions of success. He and his work have been featured on Forbes, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, NBC Sports, USA Today, Bleacher Report, and many, many, many other publications. Sir, welcome to the show. Tayo, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Pleasure is mine. How, how did we even get connected, Dude, that's you're throwing it back now a couple years. So we we got connected. I I want to say and and Craig McBron here, but I want to say I found you on some form of an online program that 
that you you were a part of as as an expert. And I found you. I was like, man, you're awesome. Let's connect. And then we jumped on the phone. And then we've kind of just stayed in touch, you know, through text and social media as we support each other on the journeys. Like I think that's kind of been the evolution um, over the last couple of years. And now that brings us to today, where you know uh, I just sent you a copy of the new book, and now we're here on the podcast. So you know, it's been it's been quite the journey so far. No, and, and th- thank you for that. But it's been interesting. The reason why I even brought that up is because of. Um, the pictures I like to paint for the audience is just to see that, you know, it's always a good thing to just commit to action. Because I remember when we first started, when we first started talking, you talked about a lot of things that you're already doing now. And whether it's the writing of the book or, you know, working with the athletes. And that to me is always the most interesting part, the the origins and the mindset there. So for those that don't know, uh, Jake, obviously, Jake and I, we love basketball. <laughs> And um, it's one of the things that we've connected around. But oftentimes when I talk to people and they say that they love sports, but they're not going to be professional athletes, they often just give up. But you found a way to create a, a professional basketball combine. And that to me speaks to the ability of understanding that even if you're passionate about something, it doesn't have to be just uh, one way. You don't have to just be an athlete. You can still find a way to put yourself in the environment that you're passionate about. But it's about finding an unconventional means to still um, get some level of passion around that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, look, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think I think in sports, it's, it's a unique thing because, you know, everybody who wants to work in sports is a fan of sports. And what it really comes down to when, when you look at it is you have to figure out a way to create value more than being a fan. And when you can create value, and this is for sports and for any industry, really, is you have to really be able to find something that says, look, this is what makes me different. This is how I can add add incredible value to you, to the organization, to the team. And this is why you need me here and why I'll help make this a better team, organization, company, whatever it may be. And for me, you know, it was all about trying to combine the skills that I had with the passion I had and the love for the game of basketball. And um, that's kind of what led me down the path to to creating the professional basketball combine, which for everyone who's who's kind of listening, if, if we haven't explained it yet, is basically the professional basketball combine is a way of helping players uh, perform in front of NBA executives, G League executives, overseas professionals, um, in order to turn their dreams of playing professional basketball into their reality and sign their first contract. Yeah, no, no, it is, it is, and you should definitely check it out. But I mean, Jake is obviously a multi-dimensional person, and, and you know. Beyond basketball, your interest is really to make a global impact, right? You want to, you know, you're a high energy motivational speaker. You're in a mission to help people achieve their own definition of success, which is very important because as we were alluding to earlier, success is not one dimensional. But how did you start? You know, what was young Jake like? You know, was he stubborn? Did I have to come bail you out of jail, Jake? And did, you, <laughs> did you have a coming to Jesus moment? What happened? Yeah, no, young, young Jake, you know, young Jake loved a couple things. Young Jake loved sports, young Jake loved school, and young Jake loved his family. So enough enough talking about young Jake as if as if young Jake. I'm just going to say back in the day, right? Um, <laughs> but, but when I was a kid, you know, it was really important for me, sports, academics, and family. And that's still today, you know, what really, um, you know, kind of drives me and my career and my life in general. But when I was younger, you know, I'm very fortunate to come from a family uh, loving parents, loving brother, support me in everything that I do, which which plays a huge role into my journey. But I knew that I wanted to to be a part of of sports in some capacity as I grew up. Now, like like many five eight Jewish guys, you know, my dreams of playing in the NBA kind of ended after high school. 
And I knew that if I wasn't going to be able to play in the NBA, I needed to figure out how to work with NBA players or, you know, stay in the game somehow because I would sit in my room and watch every Laker game that happened being from Los Angeles. And so when I went to college, I was like, you know what? Being a sports agent seems like the best option for me. I can be entrepreneurial in it. I can negotiate. I can get into conversations. I can recruit and I can be around athletes and help them fulfill their destiny, whether that's, you know, being in the NBA, the first round pick, whether it's just signing professional basketball, whether it's helping them understand how to build a brand, whatever it may be. I was like, this is, this is where I'm going to go. And this is where I'm going to, you know, put my efforts in. And so while I was at the University of Southern California, which is where I went to school, I really focused on getting as many interns as possible, reaching out to as many people in the basketball space and understanding, you know, really what does it take to be a sports agent? Now, unfortunately, when I was about to graduate, the agency that I thought I was going to work for following my graduation, they had some complications internally and they went on a hiring freeze. So that, that actually wasn't able to happen. And I was kind of bummed, but I, but I realized at the time, like, okay, if that's not, it, it doesn't mean no, it means not yet. Mm. And I took that as an opportunity for me to say, okay, well, what, what can I do else that's out there? What else might be good? And so I literally put together a database of every single NBA team in order of the teams that I wanted to work for and broke down each team by department of where I thought I might have interest in learning from or, or working it. And lo and behold, the Los Angeles Lakers were at the top of my list. I reached out to someone who happened to be from uh, USC, and by the end of our call, she actually asked me if I wanted to apply for a job they were going to have for the upcoming season. When I first called her, I, I didn't really realize that that was going to happen, and you know, I was like, "Yeah, of course." I was like, "Absolutely, I would love to." You know, look into it, and you know, a couple months later, I accepted my my role with the Los Angeles Lakers in their corporate partnerships division, and that kind of jump started um, what would become the future of my career which then led to writing a book, which led to becoming a speaker, which led to creating the combine, which led to my second book. And that's kind of, you know, what's happened. But it all started um, with that love for sports, that passion for sports, understanding that you got to be willing to do whatever it takes, lay out the found foundation and meet as many people as possible. Now, first of all, I love that story because obviously we talked about what, how you translated you know, your love for sports into breaking down the different careers around sports. But someone has listened to this podcast thinking, hey, Jake, you know, it's great that you knew what your passion was. I still don't know what my passion is. I have all these interests in all these areas, but I don't know how to translate that into some career. Uh, what do you tell that person? And that's, that's, to be honest, it's one of the most common things. I'm sure you hear it all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so common that we, we get into a place where we're like, gosh, I like doing this, but, but I can't really work in this space. Or I just have no idea what I want to do. And, and it's tough. It's, it's a very tough place because sometimes we have no idea, so we don't take any action. And sometimes we have all these interests, but we have no idea how to make it happen, so we don't take any action. So, you know, what I often tell people that are kind of trying to figure out what it is they really want to do and really discover their passion is to go back to the basics. You know, to go back to your basics and say, what are you interested in? What are you doing for fun? What are you doing that when you look up at your clock, it goes five hours from the time you sat down at your computer. Those are the things where you want to say, okay, well now I need to identify, are there jobs in this space? And there's typically two routes to go about that. Once you've identified your actual interest, you could say, yes, there are jobs in that space or no, I need to create a job in that space, which is essentially becoming an entrepreneur and finding a way to, to create your own path. So, you know, 
let's recap. So you find your interest. We all have things that we like to do. Let's see if there's a way to make money doing those things. Now, the overarching theme here is what do you define success as? Because for some of us, success is going to be getting a secure job. It's going to be making $100,000 a year by the time we're 35, and that's what we're going to do, and we're going to coast. We're going to, we're going to play it the traditional route. For some of us, success is going to be working any job as long as I get to do what I love, no matter what the pay is, no matter what the hours is, I'm all in. Once you really identify what makes the most sense to you, you can interpret whether or not that interest is going to be a feasible career path for you. And if it's not, think about another interest. Think about combining different interests, right? So for me, sports and education, that's a huge two interests for me. So I figured out how I could combine the two of those to create an online program or to leverage that into speaking or book writing or whatever it may be. Sometimes we just got to think outside the box Mm -hmm. and let our interests go forward. Once we've kind of identified that, and I'll kind of wrap this part up though, is then you got to go out and talk to people. The only way you'll ever know if your interests or these different jobs that you think you might be interested in are really for you. You have to find out from people that have those jobs or have experiences around that. And that's as simple as reaching out to someone on LinkedIn and just asking to to gain some information from them, right? Setting up informational interviews. It's as simple as, you know, picking someone in your internship and talking to your colleagues, talking to your bosses, talking to people that have experiences that you're looking to obtain. And that'll help you really understand if it's the right path for you that goes back in alignment with your definition of success. Love it. Love it. And, and you know why I love it? Because it segues into your, your book, your current book right now, which is Elevate Your Network. Now, the just for the audience, let me break down exactly what you're saying. So even if you don't necessarily know if your passion can lead to or translate to a certain career, the idea is to still figure out what exactly you like about your passion and whether you can create an opportunity in that field or whether you, there are other jobs that you might not have considered around that. You know, take, for example, with this podcast, for example, I, you know, the, the reason for the podcast was because I grew up in different parts of the world and I wanted to create a platform for people that identified with, with several cultures and show them that they can still be leaders and they can embrace a global identity. But as the podcast um, started to grow, it became this resource of people who didn't also grow up the same way. And they said, hey, I didn't realize that the world is bigger than I thought. But in the process, uh, the opportunities that came were, like I'm sure we're going to talk about, were speaking. And when you start to speak, you start to see opportunities to consult. But that happens when you follow what it is that you're, you're, you're curious about. Um, and one of my best friends always says, follow your curiosity. So if you follow your curiosity, you're, you're going to find out certain things that work and certain things that don't work. But the other aspect about passion and building brands is, is networking. In your new book, Elevate Your Network, talks about ways to build extraordinary relationships with um, in life and in business. Why is networking a good component to brand building? Yeah. So, so first of all, I love that. I love that story right there. And I love what your friends said, follow your curiosity. And I think, I think that's so important because your curiosity can lead to questions and questions can lead to the right answers to help you figure out everything. So, you know, when you think now about why is networking important to brand building, networking um, and human connection really is what it is, is, is so powerful because it's everything. No matter what we do in our lives, we're always going to have to have some form of interaction and relationship with another person or, or party, right? 
Mm-hmm. And so when you're when you're thinking of building your brand, when you're thinking of building your career, when you're thinking of doing anything really, it's going to come down to the people and the strength of your relationships. And so for me, when I think about what success is, it's being able to have people around you that will support you, that will lift you up, not tear you down, people that encourage you um, and not not – negatively criticize you it's people that will love you not hate you right it's it's understanding that the people that you surround yourself um, with and the people that you get to know from a mentor standpoint or that you mentor that you just get to know as colleagues that's really what's going to to drive a lot of your success in your career but also a lot of your success in just being fulfilled with people because we're always surrounded by people mm-hmm. um, and now I know we have you know some people are extroverts who love that idea and then we have some people that are introverts that, that are more like, well, Jake, I don't necessarily always want to be around people. That's okay too. Everybody has a unique communication style, but at the end of the day, it's about understanding who we are and how we're able to relate to people in our own ways. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's, that's amazing because I think the idea of networking can be definitely done with uh, introverts and extroverts, but it's, it's, it's always sometimes it's written from an extrovert, extroverted uh, lens. But your book is a little different in the sense that you have several what you call half keys. And, and, and the reason why I love that is that it really resonates with different people's communication styles. So even if, if, if someone that's not, you know, used to being surrounded around people, you, you talk about how LinkedIn is the ultimate game changer. If it's about um, understanding uh, the basics, that's something anyone can do, even though, an, if you, even though you're an introverted, extroverted. So... In your best, um, um, succinct way possible, what is the best way you can sort of give the audience a taste of the half keys they can get into uh, um, creating the right network? Yeah, so, so the way the book is broken down too, and, and thank you for saying that, Tyler, the way the book is broken down is into different Kelf keys. And in each Kelf key is, is one of my favorite tips of networking. And the cool thing about it is each key is, you know, a little bit of, a tidbit to help you within your communication style. But all of them will, when you put the package together, really help you essentially elevate your network, hence the title. But you know, one one of my favorite Kelf keys in the book is Kelf key number three, which is add value. And I think that when we talk about people, one of the biggest things that we think about with relationships is, you know, how do, how do we advance a relationship? Not only do we, how do we start one, but how do we build one? And a lot of times when we go to building a relationship, we think, oh, if we meet someone once, it's just a done deal. We're, we're friends. We're colleagues already. Great. But in reality, meeting someone one time or having one great conversation, that's an interaction. That's an experience. It's not a relationship. So when you can figure out how to add value to that person, whether it's introducing them to someone else, whether it's bringing someone onto your podcast, whether it's mm-hmm. you know just doing something or complimenting them, that's how you're able to really develop a relationship. And to me, that key, the adding value key, it's so essential to, to our life, both in our career um, as well as our personal relationships. No, I, and I, I love that because it's obviously everything has to come from the add and value aspect, right? So, and I think that's something a lot of people feel like um, it, it's, it's something that's not going to give rewards. If we're going to, for example, you and I were pitching each other uh, and I'm like, hey, Jake, I really love your book. I wanted to know if you'd be interested in sharing, you know, your thoughts uh, with my audience. I feel like uh, my audience will resonate with that. The reason why that adds value to you is because that exposes you to obviously a wider audience, but it also uh, it positions you as a thought leader in the space. Now, how do you go about pitching other people when when you're not even sure 
about what your brand is. Maybe you just admire the person where you're like, I think that's someone I need to work with. And that person might not understand my value yet. You know, how do you go about doing something like that? Yeah, well, sometimes, you know, it's it's just that at the end of the day, we're, we're all people and every person wants to feel a sense of value, appreciation and love. So no matter who we're talking to, no matter what their status is, no matter what their title is, no matter who we know that knows them, no matter what it is, if we're trying to reach out to somebody, at the end of the day, our job is to make them feel appreciated and loved and complimented. So when we do this, we want to think about, okay, let's do our research one to understand who that person is, what they're, what they've done, what they're trying to accomplish and how we can figure out a way to potentially add value. Say we do all of our research and we can't find anything, but we know we need to talk to this person. Then we can just take it one step further and just send an email, send a cold email, send a personalized LinkedIn request, whatever it may be. And in that, just let them know that you appreciate who they are, what they're doing and the impact they're having and let them know how they've affected you. I don't know about you, but every single time someone has ever told me, Jake, your work has made a difference for me. Jake, I appreciate what you're doing. I always feel good about that, yes. right? Anytime someone compliments you, you feel good and you're more likely to reply. So you don't even necessarily need to ask for anything other than just, hey, I really appreciate all that you're doing. It's made a huge impact on me. And oftentimes that's going to be enough to warrant a reply. But now if you really want to get something out of it, you can ask for a couple of minutes of their time. You can ask them a question within the email. And once you start the dialogue, that's the key to know that you're in and you can build that relationship from there in a multitude of ways. And we go into each one of those ways, whether it's social media, um, whether it's through email, whether it's getting drinks, we do all of those and break down all those scenarios uh, in the book in itself as well. well. What would be the best way with social media? Well, I think social media, I mean, look, I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you a little story. So there's, um, there's a woman in our space. Her name is Dory Clark. Are you familiar with Dory? I love Dory. Dory's, she's been a guest in the podcast, but I love Dory. Dory's, uh, Dory's just amazing. Yeah. She, she's amazing. She's amazing. And I said, I said, you know what? Let me see how this online networking really can come into place. Now, Dory, she, for everyone that doesn't know, she's a thought leader, someone that is very, very well respected in the entrepreneurial space, in the speaker space. She's an amazing person. And I was like, you know what? I want to get to know her. As I started doing my research, I realized that she was often on Twitter, LinkedIn, and she was on her email list a lot, very active there. So I said, okay, let me break it down. So I followed her on her, on her email list. I got, I got it added to her email list so I could really pay attention to right. all the content she was putting out to get to know her, right? Then I followed her on Twitter. Did I expect her to follow me back? No, I didn't. But I knew that if I followed her on Twitter, it would give me a chance to continue to learn from her, which one, would give me so much value anyways, but two, give me a chance to engage and interact with her. Look, social media is designed to be social, meaning we should be engaging, not just consuming. And so when she started posting, I started to engage with some of her posts, retweeting, commenting, asking thoughtful questions to try to elicit a response, an authentic response that would hopefully then add value to her audience as well, not just me. As we started to engage more, I noticed that we were able to get more responses. And then I said, you know what, I'm going to take this to LinkedIn, where I knew she was also active, sent her a custom request and asked for an information. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Interview. Not only did we get a couple minutes of a phone call, but I ended up, she ended up giving me 30 minutes of her time, gave me some great suggestions, and it started to build our relationship. And we stayed in touch here and there um, over the last couple of years since, since this happened, but that's the way how we can use social media in today's age. Just a little bit here and there. Let them know you care. Share their stuff. Really engage with the people that you want to connect with. And again, it goes back to this. When someone retweets you, how does it make you feel? When someone asks you a question in comments, it makes you feel good, right? So again, it goes back to that. How do you add value even if it's as simply as sharing someone's love and sharing someone's content to get to know them better? And you know the most important thing that you said there that I love? It's, it's really listening, right? So you said, when I asked you the question, what if you don't know, you don't really know what the value you could offer, but you really want to learn from them? You know, something I've done in the past is, you know, I've, you know, you listen, right? I, I love this about what you've done. This is how it's impacted me. So you're affirming them. And you said that makes someone obviously feel good. I wanted to know if I could grab 15 minutes of your time because this is something I'm interested in. But the only way you can know how to really find a connection point, even if you don't know what your value is, is, hey, Dory, I love the book that you wrote on this. This is what happened to me. Ever since you read it, I've implemented this and really has um, got, me, got the ball rolling in this area. I wanted to know if I could talk more about this. Or I love the fact that you were just featured in such and such. But if you're not listening and you just go about it without any sort of information, um, you're less likely to get a response. Uh, would you agree or disagree with that? I definitely agree. I mean, I think, I think you have to be authentic, right? Yeah. I mean, people, people like Dory, people that you're, we're wanting to connect with, they are getting hundreds of emails a day, a week. And if you just ask for something, if you just send a blanket email that doesn't elicit any emotional response, why would someone respond to you, right? So, so we have to think about one, our authentic approach. We have to be true to ourselves and also be appreciative and aware of their time. The fact that they're going to read the email, the fact that they're going to respond to it, that requires time. And a lot of people have busy, busy schedules. So one, we have to be authentic. But two, it's also important to note that value isn't transactional. Value isn't, I'll do this if you do this. Value isn't, I'll introduce you if you can bring me here, right? Value is a feeling in a way. Value is, hey, I'm going to listen to every podcast you've ever done. I'm going to share how it makes me feel. And because of that, I'm adding value in that way. Yeah. So we need to make sure we, we think about our relationships as human connection, as our ability to love others, to show others that we care. And when we can do that in an authentic way, that's going to increase our chances of, one, getting that first meeting, and two, establishing ourselves as someone that that person wants to be around more frequently and engage with more. And that's when you really can build these powerful relationships that will lead to new business, new relationships, and et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah. No, I agree. And um, research, research, research. That's uh, one of the things that I heard you say there. I want to talk about three Kelf points, and then uh, we're going to move on to speaking, and then we'll close. Does that sound good? Sounds great to me. So, people. 
in your opinion, you want people, you said face-to-face is the best connection and you feel like you should meet people. So that to me, I, I want to just, I want to understand why you feel like face-to-face is the best connection and people uh, are, you know, should be met essentially on a face-to-face basis. How do you go about meeting people if you are in the boondocks and you don't know where the other person is and the other person might be half a continent away or half a state away? What, what is the best way to do that? Yeah, well, there's, there's, there's one question I'll prelude that to is, is how bad do you want it? Oh, right? Okay. You know, how at, bad do you want it? Okay. Like, like we could, let's get real here for a second. If you want something bad enough, you'll do whatever it takes to go get that. You'll find a way you'll make it happen. Okay. Now, everybody has a different sense of, of means, both financial means. You know, some people have to take public transportation depending on where you're at. Some people don't have access to a car. There's, there's, there's a lot of different, different ways to go about this. But at the end of the day, how bad do you want it, whatever that it is to you? So when I think about connecting with people, like I went across the country to go have one meeting that I knew would be so important to get face-to-face in, in a room. And why I did that and why I was willing to, to spend that money to get on a flight, get a hotel room was because I valued my ability to meet with someone in person because seeing the whole package always outweighs the fake emotion on an email, right? Because when you meet someone in person, when you really get to see them in person, you get the whole package. You get the whole enchilada. You get to see who they are. You get to read their body language. You can see if words that you say trigger responses, right? So if I'm talking to you about sports and I know that your shoulders lift up when I say basketball, boom, I got you right there and I know that's a common interest. Every little trigger, body language, right? Their response cues, the way their tone of their voice is, you can all interpret that in the package. You can see their handshake, how they treat other people, how they look at you, where's their eye contact. All this stuff in person makes or breaks a development. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, in that specific moment, in that specific face-to-face interaction, you can develop the relationship so much faster than you can just on email or even a phone call. So, so that's when I say, how bad do you want it? One, but if not, figure out a way. And even if you want it bad and you can't get there, figure out a way to get the person as close to face to face, meaning a Skype video call. If you can't do a Skype video call, make sure you do a phone call. If you can't do a phone call, make sure you try to make your intentions as clear as possible so that it doesn't get lost in translation through text or through email or however your communication is. And that's why I think face-to-face is so important and how regardless of where you live, where you come from, you can find a way to show that true passion to connect. No, no, yeah, no. And, and I love the fact that you brought up the Skype as well um, just because um, even if, you know, if you can't get that face-to-face, if you're able to look in that person, you can't see the, you, you can see the cues that you're talking about, the nonverbal cues, and you can see what causes your shoulder to, uh, to raise, as you said. Um, and the the other thing that I, I really love about your book is you talk about, you know, as I was skimming through it, you talk about there's an important benefit of improving the overall quality of relationships as well as following up. So when you talk about improving the overall quality of relationship, how does one with a mindset of networking, you know, apply that? Well, I think I think it it's. It's a loaded question. I mean, there's so many, so many ways we can go about it. But when you think about improving your overall quality of relationships, right? That means one, we have to establish relationships. That means two, the question is now, how do we improve those, those relationships? Yeah. How do we take our current relationships and we make them better? And one, one of the, the best ways to, to do that is to become genuinely interested in another person. And 
this really makes sure that you turn the relationship from a transaction, from a give me this, I'll give you this, versus a I'm genuinely interested in you as a human and whatever you do, I want to know more about because when you listen to someone, when you ask the right questions, when you become genuinely interested in them, not only do they trust you more, not only do they want to be around you more, but they'll give you more information and be more likely to help. So when I think of you know, me in, in, in my life and I think, okay, this is someone I kind of know, but I want to get to know them a lot better. I want to improve that quality of the relationship. I'll figure out a way. What are they doing right now? Are they, are they on social media? Can I share certain posts? Can I buy their newest product? Can I introduce them to someone? What can I do, you know, without them asking for it? And then secondly, when I do talk to them, I have to ask questions. I have to see what's making them tick, what's making them happy, what what do they possibly need help with that I might be able to do? How can I just support them? Because again, it goes back to this this thing at the end of the day, when we feel wanted, when we feel desired, when we feel valued, we're, we want to be around that other person. Yeah. And so when you want to improve the overall quality of relationships, it starts by being genuinely interested in them, it's by being a good listener, and it's by appreciating the person, not the things that they do. Yeah. So, just to you, to further your point, I want to read something to the audience. On November 11, 2016, Jake Kelford to Ty Oroxid. Uh Title, Great Message in the Master Your Career Summit. Ty, hope you're having a great week. I wanted to reach out to let you know that I enjoyed hearing your story on the Master Your Career course. I think what you're doing is inspiring and I would love to connect with you and get to know, uh, get to know you better, essentially. Let me know if you would like to connect further and we can make something happen. So, connection point there. You, you, you talked about my message at the Career Summit. This is, we had never met before, but you had heard me on a virtual summit. And then you talked about how you felt like it was inspiring, and then you just basically expressed an interest and wanted to know better. And then that led to what? We're almost a year and a half um, out of that, from that connection. Actually, almost two years, because we're getting to October. And the reason why that... I wanted to read that message and why I really wanted to show the audience how that can lead to, to an interesting connection is that we've obviously since gone on to follow each other on social media, exchange numbers. Um, you've written a couple of books since then. And now we're doing a podcast interview. There's a value in patience and understanding that a connection shouldn't just be transactional, but you never know what can happen if you stay and improve the quality of that relationship. Yeah, well, I can't, I can't believe you still have that. That's, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, no, and it's, and it's great. Yeah, and I'm, I'm very, you know, appreciative of our, of our friendship. And, you know, I, I follow you on social media. And, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, when you talk about being authentic, when you talk about providing value to your audience, you know, you're out there, you're, you're you. You're 100% you on social media, which to me is so cool. You know, you'll dance out there. You'll <laughs> sing and do fake microphones. You'll, you'll be all dapper in the suits, man. Like you, you possess the qualities that, that a lot of us are, are scared of by putting ourselves out there on social media. And in turn, though, it gives you credibility. It gives you authenticity. It gives you uh, a platform where you can really inspire change within us. And, and to me, that's something that's so, so powerful. You relate to people on a human level when you talk about your movies and your, you know, the superheroes and when you stand for your causes and, and then you also throw in your tidbits of motivation and, and, and everything that you're focused on. And, and to me, that's the sign of someone that's always improving the quality of their relationships with everybody, whether it's a digital relationship or an in-person relationship. So, you know, it's, it's great. And it just a testament when you read that message from me 
that that's that's what I feel, man. Like that's that's the beauty of of networking, and that's that's human connection at its finest across platforms. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, and also, thank you for for reminding the audience that I'm a horrible dancer. But if you want to check out the horrible dance moves, go to Ty Roxon on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, no, I mean, I, I think it, it, it is a moment of connection. But no, I, I do remember. It, it speaks to your earlier points. Things, obviously, that what I said resonated with you. And for me, it's always humbling when someone even takes the time to send a message. And, um, and, when, and I remember when we got on the phone, we both uh, connected over basketball. At least this is the first year you and I will be supporting the same uh, – the same team is because, you know, my favorite athlete, my favorite athlete is in your team, but we yep. talked about, um, a lot of those type of things. So, but you, you, authenticity and credibility can also lend themselves on stage. You and I also share a passion for talking, for being in front of audiences, for, um, you know, guiding people through a message that takes them from, um, a current condition to a desired situation. How does one even get started with public speaking? I think, you know, I think when, when you talk about getting started as a public speaker, I think, uh, a lot of it comes down to you got to do it. You know, um, you know, public speaking is one of the biggest fears in the world. A lot of people know that. So, you know, when you think about becoming a public speaker, you have to say, well, okay, how, one, if you have that fear, how do you get over that? Because a lot of great speakers once had that fear. Uh, it's not just, oh, I want to be a public speaker. I'm great at this. No, it's not like that. Um, but two, you know, if you want to be a public speaker, you got to figure out what, what are you going to speak about? What value? And, and we'll go back to this. It's the same thing. What value are you going to provide to the audience that listens to you? Right. So, so in our cases, um, you know, for me, I talk a lot about relationships. I talk a lot about leadership. I talk a lot about achieving your own definition of success. One, I'm passionate about all those topics. Two, I'm knowledgeable about all those topics. And three, I really try to, when I talk, Give messages that people can then take and imp- and apply to their life. So when you talk about what's one of the first things you got to do when you want to become a public speaker, it's to identify what are you going to talk about and how is that going to make an impact on someone who's listening to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, uh, and I'll just add to this. I always say when you go on stage, you should know the so what and the now what, right? So let the audience understand why this is important and then give them some um, you know, opportunity to know what to do next. But even before that, it is understanding your message, understanding the problem you're solving, and understanding why you are the vehicle and, and the, the message with that. And I've seen also followed you on social media and see how excited you get when you at a college or you're speaking on, on, on campus and you obviously really engage with the audience. And, and the reason why people can connect with you is because you truly do know what it is that you are trying to do. If you understand your brand and your message intimately, even if you think you're not a good speaker, it's going to shine as a, you know, shine or come through on stage because it comes across as authentic and people will be able to relate to that. And I think a lot of times people get hung up on the, I said too many ums, I said too many ahs, I paused there. But that's actually endearing if people can really feel like, wow, Jake really said that. That story Jake shared about him just feeling lost when he was younger really got, really got me. And I loved where he went after it. And so, Remember those things. Remember to be intimate with your story and your personal relationship with the problem you want to solve. Mm, I love that. Yeah, yeah, sir. We're, we're about we're about to close, but I I, I want to uh, to you know do some rapid fire questions. So, um, in your opinion, 
Actually, this is not going to be a rapid fire question. I don't know why I even said that. <laughs> in your opinion, as we're looking at the, the, the world today with the, you know, certain um, le- leadership, what do you feel like is the best way to, I guess, develop and cultivate the right type of leaders? Wow, you're throwing it on. That's definitely not a rapid fire question. I know. That's why I, paused, that's why I took it back. Like, I was like, no, this uh, is definitely <laughs> a rapid fire question. Uh, but, but yeah, but, no, I'm curious about your opinion. I'm, I'm starting to ask a lot of my guests that, but um, I just want to know, especially since you're into personal development, what your opinions are on leadership. So, so leadership, I mean, leadership is, is, a, is a massive arena, right? There's so many different ways to be a great, a great leader. There's so many different amazing leaders in this world. And I think, I think leadership, though, comes down to, to a couple of things. And, and one of those things is self-awareness. I think being a great leader and cultivating a great group of leaders is to have people be, that are self-aware and understanding who they are, what they're trying to accomplish, and the value it can have. Mm-hmm. I think another important piece of leadership is to not only be the, the forefront of whatever organization it is or whatever you know small club you're a part of in college is, what, whatever it is, I think part of that is being willing to take action no matter how great or small and being consistent and persistent with those actions because unless we take actions we won't be able to create change yeah and then the other thing that i'll mention here too is your ability as a leader when you want to become a leader or when you want to be a better leader it's your ability to make other people inspired to take action themselves we can take action we can show the world what we're capable of but at the end of the day, the best leaders are the ones that drive change through their uh, ability to relate to people and their ability to inspire others to take action to help them achieve their definition of success. Yeah. When you can leave an impact on someone, the so what, the now what. When you can leave someone understanding that, that's the true power of leadership. And I think that that message is global. I think that no matter what, if you're willing to take action and love others along the way, you can you can develop uh, great leadership qualities. I agree. And the reason why I asked you that question, there's always a method to my weird questions, but you, this is your, your book here, right? Elevate Your Network, 25 Keys to Building Extraordinary Relationships in Life and Business. When I think about leadership, I think a lot of it has to do with relationship and understanding who you're serving and who you want to empower. And sometimes I feel like leaders forget that. Like when you get, a, you get elected or you're the leader of a company, your job is to empower people to be the best versions of themselves. If you're going to do that on a governmental level, an education level, that ability to remember that is, is one of the most important things. And so networking for me doesn't always have to just be from a subordinate to someone that's aspiring to be, you know, uh, you know, to, 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 I guess to someone that's already an expert. It can be the other way around as well. And I think listening is a two-way thing. And I think we everyone that's listening to this podcast, um, it would be great to remember that. Whether you're an older brother or older sister or parent or, or mentor, remembering the, that, that the relationship is, is two-way is so key. And, and it's, you know, some, some, as someone who's involved in cross-cultural relationships and, and figuring out how to help people connect across cultures, I, um, I just always want to issue that reminder out to people, um, empowering as well as, um, you know, helping people um, is so key. Yeah, that's that's so powerful, Tal. That's so powerful, I'm, and I'm really glad you said that. I mean, and 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 again, if you if you think about everything that we do in this life, whether it's romantically, whether it's financially, philanthropically, career-wise, whatever it may be, 
it's going to come down to to the strength of our our relationships and our ability to make people feel good. It's going to come down to our ability to have other people feel good because no matter what we do, we can't do it alone. We can do a lot of great things alone, but we can have a team of people. However you define team, right? That can be your family, that can be your friends, that can be your employees, that can be people your, your mentors, people you look up to. However you define your team, that's that's what we're really trying to to go out there and achieve. And that's how we'll be able to achieve our own definitions of success, which will lead to more happiness and fulfill, fulfillment in our lives. Yes, sir. Well, Jake, how can people find you since you dropped so many nuggets here? Man. Yeah, you know, I'm on social media. I'm pretty active on social media at Jake Kelfer. And then you can also visit my website, jakekelfer.com. Probably the best two ways to, to reach out to me. And, you know, I'd love, I'd love to hear what you guys think of this episode. Love to, you know, jump on a call with anybody. You know, a lot of people have helped me get to where I'm in, in today. So if, uh, if you need a compliment, if you need someone to cheer you up, if you need some advice, whatever it may be, I uh, would love to connect. Always available. And I appreciate uh, you, Tyone. and I appreciate your audience for, for taking the time to, to listen today. No, the pleasure is mine, and he, he definitely is um, as generous as he says with his time. Uh, the book, once again, is Elevate Your Network. It's written by Jake Kelfer, and it covers 25 keys to building extraordinary relationships in life and business. We'll put all the relevant links in the show notes. Last question, sir, is my mission statement, which is use your difference to make a difference. I ask all my guests the same question. How do you use your difference to make a difference? Oh man, I love that. I love that. What a great, what a great way to go. Uh, so, so I, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you here. I think, I think I use, use my difference to make a difference. Here we go. I believe in pursuing your own definition of success. I believe that that message to inspire people to believe that they can accomplish whatever it is that'll make them happy and fulfilled. That's a powerful thing. And so when I think about it, it's to help people create, uh, the freedom to do what they want with who they want whenever they want. And to hopefully let that be a change in somebody else, to pass the torch along the way, right. and ultimately to elevate. Love it. Love it. Elevate. Elevate your network. What a pass. That's an assist. This is the best point guard in the game right now. <laughs> he just gave me the alley when I'm about to slam dunk this episode. Uh, thank you so much for, for spending the time with us. Thank you for reminding us how to elevate our network and be uh, talking to us about the importance of really just starting and uh, committing to action. I really, really appreciate the time you've taken. Cool, man. Appreciate you, Tal. Thanks for having me. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.